0: shannon
1: and i'm rami and this is workplace hugs where we talk about interesting things we've read to help all of us expand our life toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy without a whole new degree shannon i'm i'm feeling some negative intelligence <laughs> this week i feel like my intros are just trash I, I do just even... me going for a terrible pun and it's not it doesn't ever make any sense but
0: at least you try i don't even try in my anymore. i'm just like Robbie, what are we talking about this week i was waiting for you to go a whole bunch of you with a whole it's like okay anyways this week we're talking about positive intelligence by shirzad shamin it's an interesting book that i, I read recently and he also has like an app based program that you can take alongside the book for free if you're a coach if you're not a coach you have to pay a thousand dollars for it uh and, and I did think it was helpful. So, so I'm curious for us to talk about it today. So I think a lot of us have heard about IQ and yep. EQ, emotional intelligence. We've talked intelligence. about EQ. Yep. We've talked about EQ in past episodes. But really, this week, we're talking about a new concept that I hadn't heard of about, which is this PQ, positive intelligence concept. And positive intelligence is basically, it's about the percent of time your mind is serving you as opposed to sabotaging you, to use his words. And it's measured as like a 0 to 100 kind of thing. So while EQ and IQ contribute to like our maximum potential, PQ determines how much of that potential we can actually achieve. Because if we're sabotaging ourselves all the time, it doesn't matter how smart we are or how emotionally intelligent we are, we're really going to struggle to like get anything done in a day.
1: Oh, I like that. Okay, so I just, I want to give an analogy here. It's the same as like the... The amount of sleep that you can get. So if we think of sleep and your IQ and EQ being the amount of hours that you lie in bed. Yes. And then the amount of sleep that you then get is kind of like your PQ, which is saying like, did I bring my phone into my bed? And am <laughs> I only going to get, I, I sat in my bed for eight hours, but I played on my phone for two. So now I'm only going to get max six hours of sleep. Yeah. Like how much sabotage is there?
0: That's a good analogy to use. Uh, and I'm feeling a little personally attacked as someone. Who <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to bring my phone into bed. I'm really trying to charge it downstairs now. Okay. So okay, I like this. Yes. Yes. So how does it relate to empathy? I think for me, this is a lot about self empathy. It's about finding more supportive ways to first recognize and second deal with the saboteurs that exist in all of our heads. So we're really going to be talking about three strategies that he talks about in the book around how we can improve our PQ. How can we improve the amount of time that our brains are serving us as opposed to sabotaging? So the first strategy he has in the book is to weaken our saboteurs. So identifying which thought or, and emotion patterns come from your saboteurs and seeing clearly that they're just not serving you. So he breaks it down into like different personality types, if you will, which I actually mm-hmm. found kind of helpful. There's, there's 10 in total, but the one that I want to spend the most time on today and the one that we, we all have is the judge. Like literally, if you take his, his test, he actually is like, everybody's a judge. And then you have like an accomplice avator. So the judge's job is to find faults, right? And in, in three different categories, first with yourself, second with others, and third with your circumstances. I really appreciated this delineation because I'd never heard that before. Like, I think we're all like, "Oh yeah, I know." Like, I should stop judging myself so much, and I know I don't want to judge others, but I'd never really thought about like also how you can judge your circumstances. And sometimes I find like with clients and whatnot, it is an evolution like that. Like, maybe we can get good at one part, but then the judge shows up in a different part of what we might be judging, and it really causes like much of our disappointment, our anger, our regret, or guilt, shame, anxiety. All of those historically air quotes negative emotions so the self is about like really badgering us for past mistakes or shortcomings right within ourselves. others i think that one's pretty logical it focuses on what is wrong with others rather than appreciating them gets into some comparison spaces and then circumstances is basically like insisting that the circumstance or outcome is bad rather than seeing it as potentially like a gift or an opportunity so got it the layoffs you know which we're going to talk about in a future episode, when I was laid off from Target, I would have seen that I, my judge came out for sure and judged me for it, judged others for it, and judged the circumstances to say, this is not a gift. This is terrible and should have never happened.
1: Mm-hmm. So it can cover all three. Yeah, it can. Got it.
0: All in one instance. And Rami, I'm curious, where do you think your own judge is the most active? Which which category, self, others, or circumstances?
1: I think it's a blend of self and circumstances.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think others. I think, I think others always peeks in when I'm like, uh, doom scrolling. I'm like, oh man, mm. that seems nice. But I think when I'm good at not doom scrolling, the the judges I see the most are self and circumstance. Because I think it's like, look, I could have always been born on the nicer side of my street or whatever it is, yeah. right? And then like been two steps ahead but for sure self all the time it's like yeah i messed that thing up
0: yeah and uh, yeah i would say for me i think i've i've made progress in self it's not to say that i'm (laughs) like oh yeah i never judge myself anymore i've made progress thanks to the book self-compassion which we talked about in a previous episode uh i think it still pops up in circumstances and others but it's like certain topics with others like i get a little judgy when it comes to the field of coaching (laughs) A lot judgy when it comes to the field of <laughs> um, The other thing I'm curious about, does your judge have a name?
1: No. Yeah. Just evil, evil Rami. Evil that, Rami. That douche. Okay. I don't like that yeah. guy.
0: It's like, I don't know that I have, like, I, I know mine as, like, minor critic, or um, sometimes I think about her personified as, oh, what's the lady? Selma Blair? Blair the woman with like the really severe black hair and like always looks like she's a scowl on her face yeah in all the movies from the 90s that woman yep. <laughs> I think about her as Selma Blair and it is important for us to separate our judge from ourselves because that helps us get distance because if we feel like it is us then it's harder for us to look at it like objectively for what it is
1: we're taking it personally because mm-hmm. it is personal
0: yes yes instead of like sometimes I think about it too with clients is like uh, okay we've got this object let's like put it out on the table so we can actually look at it versus like when it's so close to us and close to our chest, we don't often take a time to look at it for what it is. The other thing that I thought was interesting in this book is we're talking about this first strategy on weakening our saboteurs and primarily the judge saboteur is this note that he makes on the difference between judging and discerning. So because sometimes I think a lot of us tell ourselves a story of like, I don't want to get rid of this judge person that's within me because like, they are keeping me safe from crap yep. all the time like I'm so glad that they kick my own butt all the time because otherwise I wouldn't be as good as I am at the things that I'm good at um, and here's the thing there's a difference because judging is about fault finding and discerning is about paying attention to like the facts the state of how things are like things that you can actually see in here and making more observations that can help you shift into a different perspective which he calls the sage perspective which we'll talk about later so, Got it. so discerning
1: is like very black and white it's very like head-based yes. where judging is more colorful and more head and heart based
0: yeah it's making meaning judging is like making meaning about things versus discerning is just like well what can i see in here what are the facts okay so there is a quiz that you can take online where you can identify which of the remaining nine other accomplice saboteurs you are i'm not going to go into these in detail but i do think they're fun to just like Think about. I don't know. It's just kind of fun to think about these these different characters that might exist in our brains. So there's the avoider, the controller, the hyperachiever, the hyperrational, hypervigilant, the pleaser, the restless, the stickler, and the victim. Rami, I asked you to take the quiz, and I am I took the quiz, dying to know.
1: What do you think my top two are?
0: Okay, so if I had to guess, I'm like feeling really nervous about this because. Sometimes I think I know you, and other times I'm like, I don't think I know you at all. (laughs) I'm going to guess Restless is up there. And I'm going to guess... God, what is the second one?
1: I'll give you three. How about three? Because I got my top... My first one, my second two are actually tied.
0: I would guess... God, I'm really sure. I'm, I'm gonna say like I'm just throwing it: at restless, avoider, and pleaser.
1: You are two for three, Shannon.
0: Oh, Hi- tell me more. <laughs>
1: uh, my first one is pleaser, and then hyper rational, was- and then avoider, and then restless.
0: Mm, I was wondering about hyper rational, but I don't know that I see that side of you as much. I think I get to see the more creative side of you, and so I don't ever feel like you are job managing your saboteurs I'll put it that way <laughs> I Here, I see that one as here's what much. I
1: think is fun this is just a takeaway for anybody if you want to go and find someone and try and guess their saboteurs I think this could be a fun experiment for anybody it's really what faults do you find in the person that you know
0: <laughs> I don't think it is like faults per se it's just like personality traits so okay now you guess what do you think mine are <laughs> I think this is gonna be easier for you than it was for me.
1: I don't know, because current Shannon is different than, like, old school Shannon. Mm-hmm. I think old school Shannon is easy. It's, like, hyper-achiever and, like, controller and pleaser. I don't know. Current Shannon is yeah. living a new life.
0: hyper-achiever is still up there. And the one that surprised even me was uh, hyper-vigilant. I think this is a thing that I disguise really well. Whoa. But it was, like because I don't think a lot of people see this or know this about me, but but I've shared I don't know if I've shared on the podcast before, but like I deal with anxiety. And so that's like where the hyper vigilant comes out in me. And it was so such a blind spot for me that when I took this quiz, they had you guess like what do you think your things are gonna be? I didn't even see it. Cause I'm just like this is just a part of my everyday life. Like isn't everyone scanning for danger in their life all the time <laughs> Turns out, no, this is actually an accomplice saboteur and this book and the app was really, truly transformational for me to like, see that for what it is and not see it as like, uh, oh, but this thing is helping me make sure that I'm constantly safe all the time.
1: So that's interesting. And I like that it brought out that blind spot. It's actually my lowest. It's a three way tie for my lowest hypervigilant.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's because and again, like, I think I just take it for granted because it's always been a part of my life of like, dealing with low level anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, uh, people pleaser wasn't as high as I would have expected it to be. And controller, for sure not. Um, Yeah, just not interested in controlling my life anymore. Okay, so that can be a fun little thing for you to to play with and reflect, get some new self-awareness in your life. Strategy two is all about strengthening your sage. It's more about, like, how do we focus on the positive? So the sage perspective is about accepting what is rather than denying, rejecting, or resenting what is. And it's about accepting every outcome and circumstance as a gift and an opportunity. It's a really So this like,
1: works if you've shifted partially from judge into discerning. Yes. And can look at it like unjudging. Yes. And the sage is really there to help you make peace with those things.
0: Yes. Or, or find a way forward and through them, I would say. But the first okay. part is self-awareness, right? Like we can't just all of a sudden like, well... I shouldn't say that maybe you could try to just jump to sage but i think it's a lot easier once you can recognize oh that judge is coming out right now okay what are my options for how i can deal with the judge and whatever he or she is saying to me in this moment got it so our sage has five superpowers <laughs> he says in the book
1: superpowers yeah
0: and i just remember them because there's a lot of vowels in them so uh the five superpowers are empathize Explore, innovate, navigate, and activate. So these are like the five different ways that you might deal with whatever thing the judge or one of your other saboteurs is bringing forth. So empathize, I think we all kind of know what that one's about. That's about feeling and showing appreciation, compassion, forgiveness, uh, empathy has two targets like it can be yourself and others and the the example that he gives in the book of something you might do to help you access empathy is to visualize yourself or the other person that you're judging as a child
1: i'm hold on let's let's uh let's punch this one a little bit yeah. because i'm confused yeah so i'm having issue with uh others yes that's my judge yep and this person is being annoying to me yep now, if I visualize them as an annoying child,
0: Not as that's supposed an ad- to help me
1: <laughs> empathize?
0: Not as an annoying child, but just like visualize them as a child. Doesn't like your heart immediately soften? I, spe- I think especially like once you're a parent, you know, like our, our listeners won't be able to see this. But like Rami, I literally keep a picture on my desk now. Of myself as like a seven year old child. Look at that little <laughs> kid. <laughs> yeah to just like remind me of like, would you would you ever be talking to a little child the way that you are? talking to this other person (laughs) in your head or the way that you want to talk to them that
1: I get so you're not imagining them just smaller you're not imagining imagining them as a child
0: yes and like them in like a more totally them in like maybe a more vulnerable place or like them in a more pure form sometimes maybe versus like all the things that have potentially happened to them between childhood and now that have made them the asshole (laughs) that they are (laughs) I couldn't help myself on that one
1: I like it. Okay. So- okay. But actually, that I think is a good way of finding empathy with people that maybe you're struggling to find empathy with is imagine them as a child. Sorry. Yes. Let's keep going. Let's explore Shannon.
0: So the the second one is is exploring and he says like, you really want to do this in a pure way. Gosh, he's all about purity. (laughs) Um, Experiencing curiosity and fascination trying to discover what is so the the metaphor he uses here is like, think about yourself again, like a child walking along the shoreline and turning over rocks like just to see what's underneath. So you have low attachment to try to like get to a certain place or find a certain outcome, but more Mm -hmm. just how can you develop curiosity for whatever the situation is that you're in. So asking those like how and what questions.
1: Yeah. It's just really. Yeah. I like that being inquisitive and being curious.
0: Yeah. Uh, So then the third superpower again is innovate. So this is about inventing what isn't. So explore is about finding like, well, what is and then inventing is kind of like the the counterpoint to that of saying like, okay, well, what's what isn't here? It's about breaking out of the boxes, assumptions and the habits that might be holding us back, and trying to think of like, what's a whole new way to do this. So let's innovate as a superpower. The fourth superpower is navigating. And that's really about choosing between various paths or options based on a consistent internal compass. So how do we build a consistent internal compass? It's about like having deeply held values and things that you can go back to and what gives your life a sense of meaning or purpose to support you in anchoring towards that North star, if you will, almost. And here the exercise he recommends is like what he calls the flash forward game. So anytime that you're in, in a difficult circumstance or choice, how can you imagine yourself at the end of your life and ask yourself what will i wish i had chosen in this present circumstance when i'm at the end of my life
1: got it so you should imagine an old person not like oh, i got hit by a bus when i next week
0: no yeah like imagine i would call it like your your future self or your um your inner wise self you know the seven. and it's really trying to be. figure
1: out like what would i have wished I anchored myself against, like, which values to get to this point.
0: Um, Or what what choice will, even just what choice will I be glad that I made in this circumstance? And usually what guides those choices are the values that you hold most dear.
1: Got it. But you'd only use navigate, really, if you're choosing between those paths. Yes, yes. Like, you're not just going to be navigating all the time when there's nothing to really decide between. Yes. So it's, like, major life moments, take the time to navigate, flash forward, think about the decisions you could make where that leads and which one you want to go down.
0: Totally. Um, And then the last superpower is activate. And this is about moving you into like really pure action. So I think this might come more into play for, well, maybe like the avoider saboteur like if you've got an avoider within you like maybe it's just time to act activate and take some action where all of your emotional and mental energies are laser focused into just like taking a step forward i know sometimes some some of my clients have more of a bias towards overthinking per se maybe would you say that you struggle with action or me is like a hyper rational
1: i also have avoider so yeah <laughs> But like My Hyper rational and avoider are tied, Shannon, for a second.
0: Okay, okay. And would you so say, yeah, like, yes. do you have more of a bias towards, like, reflecting, thinking versus acting?
1: Absolutely. I think okay. there are this is where points we're where I'm, so like, different. doing everything <laughs> or doing nothing. Yeah. There's no, like, middle ground of do some things.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think this superpower would probably be, like, most helpful for folks who identify with that. So, and maybe this is like a good segue into my question for you. Rami, which Sage Power feels easiest for you to tune in to? Empathize, explore, innovate, navigate, activate.
1: I really like, I'm obviously I'm very bad at activate, but when it works, it works. So I'm going to say that's like a medium. That's a yellow. Uh-huh. I think for me though, I really like the, the first two E's, mm-hmm. empathize and explore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think those are the ones that i'm most comfortable jumping right into
0: yeah you uh, you you've such a great natural curiosity like i think yeah your explorer is probably off the charts and you're innovate too i think you're really great i think
1: the thing with innovate and we'll talk about this in a future episode when we talk about range i feel like every one of these books that i end up reading that is about innovation is always the same thing it's just like be curious be curious just like if there's a if there's a different way of thinking, think about it that way. It's like I don't know how to think about thinking in a different way than I think. Like that's how I think. Yep. But but I think for me in terms of sage, I think empathize and explore. I think innovate comes from explore, but I don't think you can get to innovate without explore.
0: Yes. I have the same sense. And then which one do you would you say that you most want to strengthen?
1: I think activate. It would be real nice if I wasn't needing to activate to get things done, but it was just like a normal thing where I could just get laser focused at like predetermined times. Yeah. I see my wife is really good at this. She just like locks in a lot of time. I think she maybe locks in too much. So maybe yeah. I don't want to strengthen my activate.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's like that thing. Of like It's a double edged sword. Like it's like a, uh, every strength is also your greatest weakness sometimes just depending on the level of force that you use. Mm -hmm. yeah i would say for me activate is pretty strong empathy is pretty strong navigating uh but maybe i have some work to do in innovating that's the one that feels weakest for me so fun to reflect on those um Okay, and then the third strategy we're just going to cover really quick. So the third strategy is to just simply strengthen what he calls your PQ brain muscles. And I think about this as like the, what's the thing that's going to help you switch gears from when you're in judge mode to getting into your sage mode, right? So, drum roll, please. Guess what it's about at the end of the day? Flipping mindfulness yet again, right?
1: Always, always, I love it.
0: always. So, but where I like his approach and where I think it's different than other times we've talked about mindfulness is that it isn't like, okay, yeah, so you like, you should just go meditate for 20 minutes every day. Um, He has a lot more helpful techniques in the books that are about like, I would call them like small micro mindfulness moments that we can grab onto at any given time. So things like noticing tactile sensations to interrupt the judge when it's coming forward. So like, um, this sounds creepy, maybe in this moment, but like, He'll say like just like focus on touching like the object in front of you like your phone and noticing mm-hmm. all the ten- the the sensations that are going on. He also suggests things like tensing and relaxing, you know. So just like making a f- fish, uh, excuse me, making a fist and then releasing the fist as an example to help you switch from judger to um sage perspective. And then moving, you know, when you're just like moving, how can you focus on labeling and scanning? So I'll do some of his PQ muscle or PQ brain reps when I'm on a walk and just focusing on like, okay, I'm just gonna notice that tree. And I'm gonna notice the sun shining on that tree. I'm gonna like just label what I'm seeing as I'm moving through it.
1: Got it. So it's like really getting out of your own head to like not distract, but to like shift focus.
0: Yes. To be in the present. And I've said this, maybe I haven't said on the side I say this to clients all the time. It is easier to interrupt our bodies than it is to interrupt our minds. And so oh. PQ repping is essentially that in practice. Like interrupt your body to then support you in making the interruption in your mind with what's going on between the judge and switching it to sage.
1: I like that. I like that, Shannon. Keep yeah. telling people that because yeah. I like it as <laughs> Good,
0: well. I will. <laughs> okay, so ta- tactically, like, uh, how can you bring all of these tips home, right? So, okay, so anchoring back, what are the three strategies you can use to improve your PQ? First is becoming aware of your saboteurs so that you might weaken them. Second is strengthening your sage and those five muscles that we talked about. Empathize, explore, innovate, navigate, activate. And third is strengthening your PQ mus- brain muscles, i.e. practicing some mini mindfulness moments to support you in switching from the saboteur into the sage perspective. So how might you bring this on home? I think first, like take the free saboteurs assessment online, we'll link to it in our uh, Instagram page, so that you can begin to label and name which ones are present at any given moment throughout the day. Like, again, it was so helpful for me to now be aware that what I thought was just like normal was actually a saboteur
1: I like that it brings the blind spot to like the forefront and like makes you recognize and and admit that it's there.
0: Yes, because I think we all have a way of like finding the positive <laughs> in maybe the not so helpful parts of us. So for me as an example, it was helpful for me to recognize my hypervigilant and now anytime I start a sentence with like uh, I'm worried about It's a dead Mm -hmm. giveaway for me that my hypervigilant is being activated right now. And maybe I can move into a sage perspective as an example. Um, And then second, I would say just pick one sage power to double down on this week. So picking activating as an example and just focusing on where you might turn up the volume on that sage power in your life. The third tip that I would have is again just picking one PQ mindfulness shift to support you in in shifting into this age perspective. So my go-to that I, I don't think I mentioned earlier, but one of his things is to rub two fingertips together. He says this over and over again in the app. Rub two fingertips together with such attention that you can feel the fingertip ridges on both hands or both fingers. Sometimes he has to do hands wild,
1: and, tears. and I don't know who said this, but someone told me once that it's much easier to shift your body than it's <laughs> your well, I don't remember what your you mind. your mind
0: your mind Yeah. yep so things like that <laughs> just picking one of those practices that you can bring into any given moment
1: this finger thing is weird Shannon isn't it we're, weird we're, we're, we're both, both doing, doing it, it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like super it's very strange to feel the ridges on your finger
0: yes yes gets you the present it does <laughs> All right. With that, we'd love for you to join into the conversation on Instagram. Tell us what PQ mindfulness thing you're going to try. Tell us what Sage Power you're going to double down on, or if it, if you had any aha's like me on what the saboteur is in your mind. With that, I've been Shannon.
1: I've been Rami, and this has been Workplace Hugs. <laughs>